Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have Deborah Diamond back on the show, natural psychic medium and medical intuitive who was gifted with her abilities as a child. She provides remarkable insights for her clients to assist in the healing and expansion. Deborah is a former top-ranked Wall Street money manager, regular CNBC commentator, and former professor at Johns Hopkins University, who left a prominent career to pursue a life of service and spirituality. Her new book, Diary of a Death Doula, is available now. And the reason I bring her back today is to discuss specifically the dying process. And as we're in these COVID times, this is being recorded during COVID, this feeling that people are having and this real grief and sadness about kids, uh, about, uh, I just saw my thing pop up that my kids will no longer be in school around people dying alone. So I wanted to welcome you back, Deborah. Thank you so much, Amy. It's great to be here. And just talk about this notion of what happens. You know, you've been such a part of people's dying process. What happens when we are dying? And People are feeling really awful right now that their loved ones are in these hospitals dying alone. What insights can you give us about this? So those are two separate issues. What happens when, we, when we're dying? And um, there's actually several parts to that question as well, because uh, it depends uh, if we're dying from trauma or if you're a patient, let's say, in hospice and you've been there for several months and, and it's a longer process. Um, but let's just, let's just talk in general about what happens. We are more than our body. We are more than a physical body. We are consciousness and a uh, physical body. And um, I think uh, I've referred to this before, but you know, when I started my work as a death doula, I did it because many years ago when my mother passed away and we had hospice come to the house, uh, one of the hospice professionals handed me a piece of paper and said, you might want to take a look at this, you might want to read it. And um, eventually when I, when I picked it up and read it, it said, if the body's ready and the soul isn't, you don't leave. And if the soul is ready and the body isn't, you don't leave. When the body's ready and the soul is ready, then you leave. So what this hospice professional was saying was that death is a process and it involves both body and soul. I think for those of us here, we tend to think of death as primarily a physical process. You know, death has become uh, very medicalized. Uh, People are swept off to hospitals or hospice in some cases to die. And, uh, you know, 150 years ago, people died at home surrounded by their families. It was a whole other thing. Now it's become very medicalized, very clinical, and uh, very antiseptic. And it scares people. But, you know, the process is still the same. It still involves body and soul. So, but, you know, when people think of death, they think of the body, and uh, if if you know many people today have never been around anyone who's who's dying but if you have if you've ever walked into a room at a hospital or hospice or even at home with a uh, a loved one who's dying um you might be you might be taken aback 
because if you look at the body, it looks as if no one's home. That couldn't be farther from the truth because even if the physical body is declining, their soul is still intact. And um, what I think happens at end of life, based on my experience, I'm a, I'm a death doula who sits bedside at hospice with the dying, but I am also a medium, which means that I can see uh, see into the invisible world at end of life. Not all death doulas are mediums, but because I am, I'm able to see that. And um, so I see this process at end of life where the physical body declines, but the soul is still intact. And in fact, what really happens is there's a process where the physical body is declining uh, over some period of time. And at the same time, our consciousness is expanding over that same period of time until the end result, which is at, at death, at final physical death, our consciousness expands, is, is in effect in full bloom, and our physical body is in demise. It's no more. Um, so there are two things happening. Um, but, you know, again, most people only see the decline of the physical body. So, but anyway, the uh, our consciousness, our soul, however you want to define it, continues. Our essence, that continues. That part of us, that part which is us, continues on. So I think one of the reasons that people feel badly about not being with their loved ones at end of life is because they associate death only with the physical body. They think of their loved one in the hospital or in the nursing home or at hospice or, you know, wherever they are, and they think, and they associate them as being very ill and uh, their physical body, and they think, I'm not there, and I feel terrible, and, you know, how am I ever going to get over this guilt? The truth is, in most cases, people, are not, people who are dying are not even in their physical bodies. They're out of body uh, for a lot of the time. During the transition period at end of life when they're actively dying, they are in and out of their physical body. And when they're out of their physical body, they may be traveling, they may be visiting uh, loved ones in spirit, they may be visiting beautiful memories from their past, they may see beautiful landscapes in a higher dimension, they may be visiting their new homes. That's what their consciousness is doing. And it's preparing them, their consciousness is preparing them to make its journey to this higher dimension. To the, to the unschooled observer, they're going to see a physical body that's lying in bed and doesn't look very good. It's hooked up to various apparatus and, you know, they may be breathing very heavily and have interrupted breathing. Uh, they may have a gray power. You know, it just doesn't look very good. But their consciousness is alive and very active. So, Getting back to your question, you know, I, I feel guilty because people are dying alone. Well, the truth is, I hear as a medium, I often talk to people who want to make contact with their loved ones who've passed. And one of the things that I hear quite often before COVID, I've heard this, people say, I feel so guilty. Mom died five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, last week, whatever it was. And I wasn't there. And I just feel so guilty. And I tell them, first of all, your mother was out of body, and because they're out of body, they can see everything and everyone. So you don't have to worry about you not being there because she sees you. She saw that you were in your kitchen. She saw maybe you were driving in your car to the hospital. She saw that you were, you know, doing whatever you were doing. They see you. They're out of body, and they understand. 
And um, when I talk to, when I speak with those who've passed over, and I'm acting as a medium between the client and the person who's passed over, and the client is saying, oh, I feel so guilty, usually the person on the other side is like, that's an earth problem. That, that's, they, they don't relate to it at all because it's completely tied to our idea of, you know, the material world and physicality. And that's not what death is about. hundred. It's not what death is really about. It's about that partially, but not fully. Um, there's more to it than the physical body. So how can people who have loved ones in the hospital dying and can't get to them. Is there a way to sort of energetically be with your loved one if they aren't in a physical body and we still are, but we know we can, you know, maybe meditate or um, kind of expand our own consciousness? Is, is there a way to do that to connect with their consciousness in some way? So it feels like there, there maybe can be some sort of goodbye or connection or something? So it's a good question. Um, Some people do have those experiences. They're called shared death experiences, you know, where um, they have some connection with with someone who's who's passing. It's unintentional, though. And, um, you know, I, I, I would say that, you know, if you meditate, if you have a practice and it's ongoing and you continue to do that, you may be able to connect, but there's no guarantees. And, you know, the, and the, really the power is on the other side. The power is with the loved one because their consciousness at that point in time when they pass is so elevated and so powerful that they're the ones that are able to make the connection more than we can, if that makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that's why um, a lot of times people will just anecdotally tell me, you know, the funniest thing happened. I mean, I just, so I, I was on a... Um, I was teaching a, a class the other day online and somebody said, oh, the funniest thing happened. I got this message, completely random message from a friend of my aunt's that, she, or I got a message that she had died. And uh, I just thought it was so strange. And then the next day I talked to my aunt and my aunt said, guess what? So-and-so died yesterday. Sometimes, you know, when they're leaving, they, their consciousness is very powerful. It's empowered. And they can sometimes push messages through to anybody who's open, and uh, they'll use them as a, as a sort of receiver, you know, to pass the message on. Um, lots of people have those experiences. Um, in my first book, Life After Near Death, I think the first case in that book was about a guy who was sleeping, and uh, he was in bed at night, and he was sleeping, and all of a sudden he got this feeling that his grandmother had passed, And um, he then went on to have, you know, more of a a deeper experience. But the next day, um, the phone rang, and it was his cousin. And his cousin said, I have something to tell you. And he said, I already know what it is. Grandma passed last night. And she said, how did you know that? And he said, well, she said goodbye to me. So, you know, people sometimes get these messages. They're coming, though, from the person who's passing because they have this tremendous energetic force when they leave and they have this very high-powered consciousness and they use it very intentionally to try to connect with, with certain people or their loved ones. You know, it's sort of like sending out a radar signal or something and, you know, people can catch it. But, but I think for people here, you know, who are wondering what they can do, I, you know, again, if you have a practice, 
I mean, it's always good if you have a meditation practice or a mindfulness practice to do that. Um, but there, you know, there's no guarantees. We're more like the receiver, right? You know, than the sender. So um, there's no guarantees. But here's the thing: when after they pass, you could always go to a medium and connect with them. And I can pretty much guarantee you that nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, they're going to say to you, it's not an issue. You know, like, let's talk now and I'm fine. I'm, I'm on the other side and I'm fine and I'm comfortable and I love you. And I know that you couldn't get there because I saw you trying to get there and I saw you feeling guilty, but it was fine. You know, usually when they go, they're at ease and they're at peace and they're not connected to the material world anymore. So they're not thinking about, you know, who's sitting in the room holding my hand. You you may be thinking about that. They are not, they are not there. Right, right. And so I think what what the person who's left here is left to deal with is the grief and the sadness of feeling like they didn't get a goodbye. They didn't get to say goodbye to their loved one. Yeah, and I think that's valid. And uh, I mean, you're you're a therapist, so you know more about how to deal with that. But mm-hmm. I, I think so, some of it. But I mean, it's condition. It's a conditioned response, I, I would assume, to a certain degree, right? Well, and I also think it speaks to our understanding of life and death, right? Like that 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 the physical body has died, and the relationship has changed form. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean the relationship has to change completely or there is no more relationship. Right. Or the, the relationship is gone. Way. The relationship is not gone. Right. It's just, you know, it's just changed form, as you said. And um, it's just very hard for people to grasp that. I mean, people who who are spiritual or believe it, that there's something else that exists out there who are metaphysical or whatever, they're... They're okay with it, although there's plenty of people who believe that and still have a lot of difficulty when a loved one passes because they, you know, we're conditioned to think, you know, we should be sitting there holding mom's hand and we should all be around the bedside. I have to tell you that in hospice, oftentimes families don't come uh, at the end. Um, They can't handle it. Um, You know, they like to remember mom as she was. And, you know, oftentimes uh, people do die alone in hospice because, People are uncomfortable around death. Families and loved ones are uncomfortable. And that's why there are death doulas and volunteers who will sit with someone who's who's dying at end of life because families, even if they're uncomfortable, they don't want their loved one to die alone. It's a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, there is there is real loss, even if you are spiritual and believe that the soul goes on, there is a real concrete loss, right? That happens when someone dies. And that's, and and I think it's particularly can get exacerbated in times now where it feels like you, you don't know what that process looked like. You were sort of robbed, even if you, you, you don't get the choice to choose not to go, right? That choice is kind of put upon you. Right. Well, it's, it's all about loss of control. I mean, you don't have control over any of this and it's scary to not have control. You know, our, our, again, our understanding of death is very much linked to the physical body. And because people can't see the soul, most people can't see the soul, if they're sitting with someone who is actively dying and then the person does die, you immediately know that something has changed. But you don't, if you're not a medium, you don't see that they still exist. You just don't see that part. It's invisible. Yeah. And I I would assume for a great percentage of the population, they just see the physical body has expired. And, and that me, and they identify the physical body. That's us. 
And if there is no more life in that physical body, life as we define it, um, then there is no more us. But that's not true. You know, we persist. We continue. We go on. Our essence continues. If people do have an opportunity to say goodbye, even if it's in this time via a tablet or phone, it still feels unfinished. And how do we how do we know at the end that someone hears us? There have been, Amy, there have been lots of studies about the senses, senses of people at end of life. And hearing is the last sense to go. At least that's what um, the medical establishment tells us. Um, although I can tell you from sitting bedside uh, with the dying that they seem to have, that most of their senses seem to be intact because they seem to be able to register when someone's in the room, even if they're not speaking. They know things like how to tell time, even though they have no use for a watch. They're not wearing watches. I mean, they're bit how does that, how is that yeah, so, so the way that works is the nurse says, Mr. Jones, your daughter's coming at three o'clock today instead of at uh, four o'clock. And uh, Mr. Jones, of course, doesn't, he, he's not responsive, but the nurse is talking to Mr. Jones. Well, one of two things is going to happen. And I've seen both. At five to, at five to three, Mr. Jones expires. Or at five after three, after the daughter gets there, Mr. Jones expires. Now, how does he know? Now, if the daughter comes at three, you know, then, you know, he would hear her or acknowledge her, would be able to know that she's there. But oftentimes, they like to die. A lot of people like to die in private. They wait until, you know, you hear these stories about people who are sitting in vigil 24-7 for three weeks, you know, so somebody could always be there in case Uncle Joe dies. And then they, they go to get a cup of coffee. And of course, after waiting three weeks for him to die, that's when he dies, you know, when they go get the cup of coffee. Because a lot of times, you know, dying can be a very private experience. They are able to register days, times, dates. You know, a lot of people wait for anniversaries, for birthdays to come or to go. They wait for special occasions. I mean, there seems to be some control we have over when we decide to leave. Yeah. And, you know, again, they, they're not looking at the clock. They don't have a clock. They don't wear watches, mm-hmm. you know, but they just, they just seem to know. I think their consciousness is so tuned up. Uh, you know, you can't see it, but I, this is my belief that their consciousness is so tuned up that they're really tuned into all sorts of things that we can't imagine. What advice would you give to someone right now who's struggling with this notion of, I, I didn't say goodbye? Well, again, you know, as, as I tell people who come to me and feel guilty about it, and this is nothing to do with COVID, this is just in our population, you know, generally they, you know, will uh, try to connect with their loved one. And again, you know, their loved one reassures them that it's not an issue and they continue to have uh, a relationship. I don't know, you know, how satisfied people are with that, even when they make that connection, because I assume that, you know, a lot of people just continue to carry that guilt with them. I mean, I can only tell people from my experience that um, your loved one when they pass, you know, is able to see you and is able to connect with you, even if you don't, even if you can't speak to them or hold their hand or see them, they see you and they are connected to you and they understand. They perfectly, believe me, they're still your, their parent or your loved one, whoever it is, they, they understand and um, they don't 
hold grudges. I mean, one thing about the afterlife is in the afterlife, nobody has, they have only high vibration emotions. In other words, they're full of love. They're full of joy. They're, they're not up there being remorseful or, or jealous or angry. Those are low vibration emotions that are associated with earth. On the other side, they're forgiving and loving and uh, joyful and at ease and at peace. So, And are there always people on the other side waiting to welcome you? There are people on the other side, but they're also generally present in the rooms of the dying. Um, I've, I see in the rooms of the dying, I usually see uh, family and spirit, loved ones, you know, who are in spirit. They may not be family, but, you know, friends or other loved ones in spirit. It's very, very common. And at one point, I know, and it's in my, my book, Diary of a Death Doula, I was sitting in one of the rooms uh, of the dying at hospice, and the mother of the patient, mother and spirit of the patient was there. I started talking to her because I, I'm a medium. I can talk to people who on the other side. And I said, why do you come in? And she said, well, this is what we do. When you pass, when you cross over, this is an assignment that you're given, and we would never turn it down. It almost reminded me of like jury duty. It's like an automatic thing. Everybody gets this, but I think you feel better about it than jury duty. And um, everybody <laughs> does it. It's just like what you do. And it's, it's one of the things that you do because it's about legacy and continuity. And she said to me, look, my sister is here too. She said, because um, she was so vivid. And she said, you know, the two of us like always hung around together, you know, on earth and we're together here too. And, um, you know, so the, they were both there and they were waiting for their, this was her her son who was passing, they tend to kind of stand aside. They're, they're supportive, but they're not doing anything to urge the patient to leave. There's sort of like if you've ever visited someone in the hospital who's ill, you know, you might stand by the side of the bed. You might not say a lot, but you might stand at the side of the bed or you might sit in the corner or something and just sit. Um, and, the, and the loved ones in spirit do the same thing. They're there. The patient knows that they're there. They appreciate they're there, but there's not a lot of, you know, cut, there's no come with us or there's, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's just support, the love and support. They're there. And they, when the patient does pass, they can accompany them to the other side. And then, of course, once they get to the other side, there's all kinds of people over there that, you know, generally the people know. I mean, when I talk to uh, those on the other side, they often relate, you know, oh, they saw their buddy that they hadn't seen in 20 years, or they saw their grandmother who they haven't seen for 30 years. So, you know, whoever's on the other side that they had relationships with, they, they see because relationships continue on the other side. So when you're sitting with people and as they're dying, I'm starting to ask this question of all my guests, what matters most in the end? For who? For the person who's oh, died. For- or is dying, the person who's dying. You know, when there's when they when you get when you get to the end, sort of what what matters the most? Well, I mean, I I can't answer that as the doula because I sit with patients who are actively dying, which means they aren't responsive. So they are not saying to me out loud, at least they're not saying, you know, I have this is my final regret. They're not responsive. Now I do sometimes have engaged in. Uh, telepathic conversation with them. And, but generally what they're saying is that I feel so peaceful because at this point, again, they're out of body and they're spending time on the other side. So they're talking about feeling safe and peaceful and joyful and they're, they're in another state. 
So, you know, your question might be more appropriate to somebody who's, do, who's not at that very final stage, but who's slightly before that. But, you know, I, I know in hospice training, one thing that came up was everybody was asking, like, is the patient going to want to talk about their final regrets? Are they going to want to unburden themselves? Are they going to, you know, talk about, you know, all these things? And the answer is no. They don't want to talk about any of those things. They want to talk about the baseball game from last night because, you know, as long as they're still here, they're still alive and they're not, you know, that's, they still want to engage for the most part. So I, I think, you know, for those doulas and for people who are visiting loved ones who are still responsive and, and engage, can engage, they're still alive. Death is not about dying. It's, it's about living and you're still living until the, that last moment. Well, thank you, Deborah, so much for your time today. If people want to know where to find you, can you tell them? Absolutely, Amy. So uh, they can go to my website, DebraDiamondPsychic.com. There's a contact page uh, form in there and they can contact me if they'd like a reading. A reading. I do psychic and mediumship readings. And um, they can also uh, contact me for consultation. I have a number of talks on YouTube, so they're welcome to go on YouTube and listen to any of my talks. Uh, I, I do talk to a lot of people who've had spiritually transformative experiences and near-death experiences, but that's not exclusively what I do. So um, I'm happy to help all people. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you again. (laughs) And uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Amy. It's been a pleasure. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.